Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are such a blessed church with this community. And uh, we have an amazing church family that can rally around one another when things are tough, support each other. And uh, that's what I want to talk more about here today of, of who we are and who we are becoming. And, um, you know, I was talking to our leadership team yesterday and I think at times we think the effectiveness of a church is in the programs we can deliver, in the type of services we can pull off because then we can gather many, many people. But that's not the key. The New Testament teaches us consistently from the teachings of Jesus to the apostles into the early church fathers after the, they released this, there was a consistent thing that the actual uh, success of any church, its ability to fulfill what God is asking it to do is not what in it does, but who it is becoming. Because if we can become perfect, more and more perfect reflectors of the love of Jesus, He will add the growth. He built his church. What he asks us to do is to look after it, to steward it, to care for it. And that's what we're going to be doing this year. That's what you're already doing so wonderfully. And that's what we're going to keep doing together. Amen. So can you stand with me just for one second? We're going to quickly pray before we come around this message together. And I, I want you to intentionally now, even if you don't catch everything I say today, I want you to be open. And as I'm speaking, I want you to hear what he's saying. And I want you to feel and connect with what does this mean for me right now? So Heavenly Father, we come to you now as your church, your body, under the Lordship and Headship of Jesus Christ, your Son. Father, we ask you and we tell you we are here. We want to be who you want us to be. We want to do what you want us to do. So, Lord, we're open and we're ready. Father, shake off anything that has held us back in the past, any memory, any trauma, any moment, Father, that has kept us stuck in our faith. We give it to you now. Father, we shake it off. We break out. Lord, wherever there is struggle and current and present wrestle, we know it's there. We see it. We're not going to deny it. We're not going to pretend it. We're not going to stuck into some fake faith. But Lord, what we will do is we will sit in it and see it and know that you are right here with us. So Father, we thank you that we are very bold to come to you and say, we're ready, Lord. Make us who you want us to be. And fill us with your presence and your peace. And may I preach quickly so we can go eat sausages. Amen. Amen. Good. All right. Grab a seat. I'm going to ask my merry man of excellence to attempt to bring this forward. He might need a hand because it is quite heavy. And um, now, guys, this is like hilarious because I'm not great with technology. <laughs> And I'm going to be using technology. So this could just go anywhere, but that's okay. Wayne, Wayne is here. <laughs> and Wayne will save the day. Mr. Mars is here. 
We've got like 30 tech people in this church, so I think somewhere we'll be okay, and uh, it's very good. Did you have a good coffee this morning? Who enjoyed coffee? Can we thank our cafe team? They do such a wonderful job. We've got a new machine, praise the Lord, which is good, and uh, can I be really, really annoying, boys? Can I just move it just a little bit that way? You're like, ah, I know, I'm a little, (laughs) don't blame Jack. Poor Jack. Always gets blamed. All right, that's perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Very good. Who we are and who we are becoming. Again, what we really want to articulate today in terms of our vision, in terms of the mission that we are trying to achieve is who we are becoming. Who we are, who we are becoming. Okay. So, yes. And everyone said, amen. Okay, we're, we're going okay so far. Okay, so we have a great commission set by Christ. And this was set to the first apostles, but we know it doesn't just end with them because they died before it could get out further than much further than Asia and, and a few areas in, in, in Eastern Asia and, and West. And, and, but, but we know that this was meant to go to all the nations. So his body, we included in that, are his disciples called to make disciples. So I'll read this for us. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, we emphasize oftenly, often, sorry, on go. That's okay. We're going we're gonna to believe God that it will... I don't think I touched anything, but it was like... That's good. Uh, we're gonna, we often emphasize on this thing, go. And so we think evangelism. We immediately think going out. We immediately think of mission trips and all those things. And they're important. But the emphasis, what, what he was really saying is as you're going, when you leave from this place, here's what I want you to do. Make disciples. Don't just make converts. Don't just make someone have a one-time religious moment. Take people on a lifetime journey to be shaped for an eternity of the kingdom. Make disciples. Of all nations, baptize in them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And this is important. And be sure of this. In this activity, in this purpose, in this pursuit, I am with you. He is with us, church, even to the end or all the way to the end of the age. So he is clearly articulating what we are to do, which is to make disciples. Correct? You can disagree. But what does that mean? So then we have to think about what does it mean to be a disciple? Praise God, he's shown us what that means. Yes. (laughs) You have no idea how excited I am that this is actually just working. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. Or in the same way that I've loved, you must love. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So straight away, we know what is the evidence of a disciple. They are someone who has been perfected by his love and are reflecting out his love to others. Another scripture for us. This is John 15 now. I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the vineyard keeper. 
Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit. Anyone feeling pruned ever? It's a fantastic feeling. So that he will produce more fruit. You are already clean, okay? You don't have to work on your cleanness. I'm not asking you to work on your cleanness, church. I'm not asking you to keep going around the same circle of am I forgiven, am I forgiven? You are already clean. He's saying, so let's get on with it and produce some fruit. Okay. You're all very excited today. It's wonderful. Because of what I have spoken to you. Now, this is all you need to do then. Remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I am him produces much fruit. It's kind of like Dr. Zeus. It's very good. Because you can do nothing without me. We can't do anything, not one thing for him without him. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire. Now, uh, no, don't get sidetracked. Okay, and they are burned. We'll move on. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want. And remember, context is a key here. Lord, give me that Tesla. (laughs) Give me that that million dollars, Lord. No, that's not what he's asking. In terms of producing fruit, in terms of creating eternal people for making disciples, ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So we see a theme here. How do I know if I'm a disciple? Am I loving and am I producing fruit? In my life is, or a better way to say it is fruit being produced in me. Am I connected enough to him that fruit is being produced in me? So he shows us disciples are made via the connection with Christ and they give evidence that they continue and prove to be true disciples through growing and producing fruit. And the evidence of fruitfulness or the content of that fruitfulness is revealed in the way that we love one another. Now, this was not just something Jesus said. This continued in the teaching of the early church. So for the apostles, the apostle Paul, he gives a similar image to the Ephesian church. In Ephesians 1, he talks about them being adopted in union with Christ and that they are to grow in that revelation of what that union means. Then in Ephesians 2, he says, now I want you to let it flow out into reconciliation with one another. You've been reconciled with God, now reconcile yourself to one another. In Ephesians 3, he then says, he prays that they would take hold of the great love of God towards us, that they would be filled with the love because the evidence of fruitfulness is love, so they need to be filled with something before they can give it. And then Ephesians 4 is all about our response to then walk in love and unity, growing together to be a body full of love. So a disciple then, is remaining in Jesus, growing and fruitful, and loving like he loves. So what are we going to do? What's our mission then? Well, this is it. We are here, our heart 
is to be a people connected to Jesus and his community, growing to be more like him and reaching others with his love. That's it. Finished. Go have sausages. No, not really. Some of the kids are like, yes. He's going to keep talking. This is, our, this is our purpose. This is our calling. This is our mission. This is how we outwork the commission to go and make disciples by living out the great commandment to love one another so that we can be a people that are connected to Jesus and his community, growing to be more like him and reaching others with his love. Okay, so let's talk about being connected to Jesus and his community. Connections are wonderful. Genuine unity is really good, particularly with him. Because when you are connected to Christ, you, number one, become to know who you are. That we've been adopted in as his children. So you immediately know who you are. Now, it takes years and years and years and years in our entirety, and, and we'll go back and forth in this, of actually believing that. But we at least know who he says we are. Now, in this community also, in our connections with one another, we can be known and know others. You can actually be known in this church. You, can, you don't have to be. You can come and sneak in and run out and sneak in and run out and sneak in and run out, but that's not what we want for you. Our mission and our heart is that we would all know and be known. Okay? In this, in this connection with Christ, we, we, we are loved and cared for. We, we know the love of God, it's poured out in our lives and you can be connected to that each and every day. But we also know that in this community of believers, we are loving and caring for one another. It is wonderful for us to reach as many people as we can for the gospel. But if they arrive here and don't feel loved and cared for, they won't stay. And we're not making converts, we're making disciples. So our ability to love and care for one another is key in our mission. And finally, what this does as we are known and as we are loved and as we are cared, what we create is security. We create a a sense of, of, of connection and love for one another. We create secure relationships. And so in Ephesians, which is what I was talking about before with the letter from Paul, it says, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, from our connection with him, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the proper working of each And every individual part. So the role of the ministers and the team and the leadership team and all the gifts that God has given into this body is for the equipping of the saints for the working of the ministry. Go ahead, be equipped and love one another and be secure for one another. Create attachments with one another, serving one another because we create strength and that creates security. Have you ever experienced a relationship that was not secure? Sharing with our team yesterday, remember those moments and and some kids here would remember this even from maybe last week where you rock up to school and your buddy comes to you one day and you're playing, you're hanging and then all of a sudden he says, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Remember that moment? Does anyone, can anyone go back to school in that moment? You're like, oh, fair enough. You go away 
And then the next day, we're friends again. Like, oh, yay, that's good. That's encouraging. Excellent. And then the next day, we're not friends anymore. Imagine if God was like that with us. Imagine how insecure we would be. Imagine if we were like that with one another, how insecure people would feel in our church. No, we want to create security in our church. We want to create a sense where the joints are joint together and no matter what pressure comes on those joints, because pressure will come, because relationships just create pressure in themselves, there's straining and stretching, but we've made a commitment to one another. Commitment is powerful. What we want to do, because security comes from communal commitment. So I've had moments in church life even where people have come to meet with the pastor to let them know they're moving on to another church. And I was like, God bless you. There are many wonderful churches all throughout this nation and you can be about one another. But I'm interested that you're coming to me because you didn't make a commitment just to me. We're communally committed to one another. And I'm not suggesting you can't move or change or do that, but let's be committed to one another enough that we're actually in this together, that we've actually made a commitment to be there for one another. And this is who we are to become. And this is not easy work, is it? Like, when's he going to get on what the vision is? This is it. Trust me. This is a full-time job. Just getting on with one another. (laughs) We have to create connections that are authentic, genuine, and real. Communal commitment, they prioritize things. Security is, is... formulated when we prioritize things in our lives, when we make a decision that this is going to be first. And number one is that we prioritize Him. Every day we are surrendered to the King because if we have to love the people in His body, we need a lot of love from the head because we have to let the love flow. It must be genuine. Let brotherly affection, let love be genuine, the Scripture says. Well, that's only because He loved us. We can only love because He loved us first. You must maintain a genuine connection with Jesus Christ, not for your salvation, not for some religious requirement, not so that you don't feel guilty. We need to move beyond that and just realise we need Him. Every day, we need His love, that He would be the source of our strength. Now, the strategies we employ within the church community is that we prioritize our gatherings. And we prioritize creating genuine community. And we do that in this large setting here, but we also do it in our small settings, in our connect groups and home churches. And we've been on a journey together, haven't we? Wrestling out. This whole home church thing and what it is and why we're doing it and back and forth and should we do it? And we've been working with the team, me and Tam and and all of us as we've stepped into this. And and Pastor Steve was like, surprised we're doing things differently. Here you go. And I've said, wow, that's very different. What do we do with this? And we've been working it out. But we've come to a point, we're committed. So I'm asking all of us now to be communally committed to this. Prioritise finding time for one another. Not just in this I love when we say, I can't be at church this week. Like church is a thing that you go to. You're the church. I can't go to myself this week. You are the church. Everywhere you go, the church goes. 
So can be committed to one another and gathering together as much as you can because in this space, we can encourage one another. We support one another. We prioritize gathering. We, we prioritizing serving one another. We love one another. So we serve one another. Who is so grateful they got a coffee this morning? Wonderful. Thank you, DK. He served us in his Cuban hat. It was wonderful. I love that. And that's his gift. And so he comes and gives his gift because he loves hospitality. I know people that just want to join his team because they just like being with him because he exudes hospitality. He's just letting his gift flow. What's your gift? And how can you serve it to one another? So I, I really strongly encourage you, if you're not already, come and join us on a team. I, I struggle with even the word team sometimes because we're the team, all of us. But sometimes it's like, come to church and if you really want to, you can get involved in the team. I go, if you're engaged in the church, then you're just naturally gonna serve because we're part of a community. We have a communal commitment to one another. So think about though, hey, but what are my giftings and where can I bring that in to serve one another? So I'll just leave that with you, sit with that and move on. Prioritize prayer. First week of every month, we have a prayer meeting on Wednesday. Let's prioritize that this year, coming together and praying together. I'm telling you right now, what did Jesus tell us to do with the people that we consider enemies because of the way they've been treating to us? Did he say go and get them? Nope. Did he say buy a gift for them? Nope. What did he say to do with our enemies? Pray. Prayer does something really strange in the hearts of believers when we come together and pray for one another. We come in and there's a little hostility on the way in because you had an interesting conversation or they snubbed you last Sunday or something happened. And then you start praying together and by the end of it, you're like, I love you. Because prayer softens us. The Holy Spirit gets in and it's forming us to be one. Because again, He's causing us to be one and we're creating communal commitment. We're creating connections to Him and one another. And our commitment then builds trust. And if anything the church needs to regain in this world and time is trust. And trust means that we have to come into a relationship trusting. I don't mean you trust everyone and you just put yourself out there all the time to everyone, but I mean an openness or a disposition in your heart to be open. And I know that's hard because at times that's been damaged. And again, it requires wisdom of how we grow in our trust for one another. But I really want to focus on this, that we then need to be trustworthy. Okay, so we are building trustworthiness in our character and in our culture so that those that are willing to be trusting, we're not consistently letting down. We're actually being trustworthy with one another. Now, time really helps build trust with one another. And this, again, is why we need to prioritize doing community and life together. Okay, time builds trust and a willingness to be open for one another. And that's why we encourage in home churches to really talk about life and talk about stuff and be vulnerable with one another and let people in. Okay, and that builds trust. But we also live in a world where trust is constantly broken. And there's history that we come to this community with. There's trauma that we come to this community with. There's brokenness that comes in this community. 
So what it needs then is we all need to be growing to be more like Him. We need healing in our life so that we can grow in our ability to trust, but also our ability to be trustworthy because He is someone you can trust. And we are becoming like Him. So we want to grow to be more like Him. I love this. We're growing to become more like Him. I'm not asking you to grow to become more like me. Don't. Don't grow and become more like the person next to you. Don't look at them. Grow to be more like Him. Because when we are growing to be more like Him, we can be perfect in reflecting Him. Our growth is the pursuit of becoming more like Him. We are eternal beings being shaped in this life for eternity. Following our commitment to Him through faith, we then continue in our journey of being made holy, becoming more like Him. And so Paul addresses address the uh, Christians in Corinth and uh, to talk to them about this ability to become reflectors of Him as we become more like Him. And so in 2 Corinthians, it says this, So all of us who have had the veil removed, meaning we can clearly see and know, because it's one thing to see, but to actually get a revelation of who Jesus is for you and what He's done for you and the eternal love and the unconditional love that is poured out for you. Once we can see it and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into this glorious image. We are all on a journey of becoming more perfect in our reflection of Him. And if we are to love like Him, then we must make it our aim to grow, to be more like Him. Now, sometimes in life, we feel like we want to grow, but we feel like we're on this hellish roundabout where we're going around the same issue. Is anyone going to just go, yes, I'm with you, Pastor, I understand. I'm also crazy like you. Oh, good. Okay, but here's the problem. We think we're in this cycle and we can become very cynical. Yeah, I've heard about growth before, but because of my history and because of this and because of that, I'm constantly coming around this same issue and I can't ever see myself moving forward. Can I just give you a paradigm shift? The very fact that you're willing to keep moving forward is in itself evidence that you're growing. Because the world out there is not trying to change, but we in here are because we're countercultural. So we're not circling, we're spiraling, baby. <laughs> we might come around the same issue, but you're coming around at a different space. And you feel like I've only grown that much. Praise the Lord. You should have seen you when you weren't growing that much. You were terrible. But now, We are all on this journey of becoming more and more like Him. And as we die to ourselves more and more, which is so hard. I love how we say, just deny yourself and pick up your cross. Yeah, that's hard. But because we're engaged, we're communally engaged. We're connected and committed to one another. We can do this. We can keep growing to be more like Him. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Wherever sin abounds meaning wherever you are abundantly aware of your faults and someone comes with a very loving attitude and this huge plank out of their eye 
to tell you about your speck, you become even more aware. But praise God, wherever you are abundantly aware of your shortfallings, grace abounds even more. And here's the power of grace. He has grace, so we have to have grace. Because growth happens, yeah, I know he's for me, but are you for me? Are we for one another? Because grace enables growth when we understand that he has grace and we have grace. So grace is patient. He's very patient with us, church. What's our patience level like with one another? Let me tell you what patience is. Long suffering. I know. One day I will get this message down to 30 minutes. Until then, you've got to have long suffering. Because <laughs> I'm growing. We're growing. And we need patience for one another. <laughs> I promise I will move far faster. All right, where am I? Where am I? Stop distracting me, you naughty people. He is patient with us. We need to be patient for one another. And, and this is the big one. We need patience with ourselves. Some of you keep getting off the roundabout too early because you think, oh, you're frustrated. Stop that. You're good. God loves you. He believes in you. We love you. We believe in you. We signed up to this. No one's twisted our hand. Um, we are committed to one another. We have patience for one another. So we need you to have patience for yourself because while you keep tearing yourself down, you're not going to get the work done to move forward. You have to, what are you counting down for? Stop counting me down, children. Particularly my own daughter and time. Okay, that's good. All right, I'll move on. Grace is patience, have patience for one another. Okay, grace is help. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, people. He is your help. But so are we. We're helping one another. Okay? This is a work of the community of God. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. We support one another. We have resources available for you. And increasingly so. We're working as a team to have more and more resources. I've, I, on, oh, actually, we have a brand new website and it's up live today. Woo! And on that, you will find our 12-month series plan. It's already set. We're already going to help us be connected to one another, to grow. So we're resourcing you and we're helping you. We're going to keep growing in that space. But we also have wonderful freedom groups. Because we understand that to move forward, sometimes you need to be able to let go of the things that are holding us back, and that's hard. So we have our freedom groups. But again, what we are doing is we are growing so that we can more perfectly reflect His love to others. So finally, finally, kids, don't worry. Again, I'll come back to this scripture. I give you a new commandment, love one another just as I have loved you. So we do this as a church. We are reaching out constantly with love. And you are a generous church. And that's wonderful because in our combined generosity, we are able to bring real change to needs felt locally, nationally, and globally. Our church has a great reach in this and we're very faithful in this. On actually outside right now are hanging these beautiful new pictures. Did anyone ever notice them? On your way out, have a look. Okay, And they are, they are a way that we are going to have a silent auction in a few weeks' time. 
that are going to be supporting Kids Hope, which is a wonderful program that, that aligns with kids in school that are doing it tough. And we've aligned with a local school and we'll continue to do that. And Andrew helps lead a team of people going into that. That may be an area you go, hey, that's something I can use my gifts towards. But we are also partnering financially with this crew. So we're always thinking, how as a church can we allow our generosity, as much of it, to get out and actually bless others and reach others? But, but, say but. We as a church, sometimes the, the thing is, what's the church doing about that? Again, who is the church? Okay, I just double check that my preaching is not in vain, that someone's been listening to me. Who is the church? Hands up if you know. Excellent. There's a pastor in the States, one of the worst case of youth homelessness in the area, in Alabama, had a lady come to him every single day, literally for like two weeks. He'd get a call, a text, an email. What are we doing about, what is the church doing about this issue? And he would write back, please start a connect group, gather others and go and do something about it. No, what is the church doing about this issue? Thank you for your concern. Please start a connect group, gather others with a similar heart, go do something about it. Be empowered, church. Be released. We all can bring practical change and the love of Jesus every day of your life. Does anyone ever struggle with Mondayitis? When you can suddenly shift the thinking around your job is the career that you either chose or was chose for you and now you're locked into this job and you just got to get there and do the job and then one day on the weekend you'll be able to rest and then you start, what a horrible life. But you can live on purpose every day if you start realising my job in this job is actually to bring the love of Jesus into this community every day. And that doesn't have to look crazy. Doesn't. Please don't start a preaching on the soapbox and start, repent, you'll lose your job real quick. Okay, we're not talking about that practically. How can you be kind? How can you reveal love today? How can we all come together and every day gather encourage and send out to reach others with love. Every day, full of His love, empowered and led by Him, let the Holy Spirit move you to good works. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.